God is an awesome God. Do you know that we have bought new Bibles? Did you know that? No, the church bought some new Bibles. In fact, in an excited fashion, Mandy is running over to them um, because the old ones were getting a bit scruffy, which was a good thing because they'd had a bit of use. So we got some new ones. So if you haven't got a Bible with you, please avail yourself for the next few minutes of a shiny new Bridge North Baptist Church, NIV, because it's a decent translation, um, Bible. It's not the only decent translation, I have to say, but it is a decent translation. It's exciting, isn't it? Picking up new Bibles, that's good, that's a good thing. It's one of those things, if you think, you buy Bibles and then you have to buy some more because the ones you've got have got worn out. I mean, that's a, it's a good reason to be buying some new ones, so... You know what I mean? It's, it's good. So, excellent. But if you have got a new Bible, turn it, if you would, to Hosea chapter 10. And I'm warning you now, it won't naturally fall to that. <laughs> oh, no, that's sword drill. Do you remember sword drill? Oh, yeah. It's 1048 on mine, but there you go. On Hosea. Hosea chapter 10, we're looking at. Oh, 907. Well done, Linda. Good, good, good. Excellent. Right, so Hosea chapter 10 is on page 907. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't been broken in yet, have they? No. It's a good place to start. Start in the minor prophets. Go on. Let's look like real Christians here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> good. Right. So I was reading this a while back, a few weeks ago. Got very excited about it. Read it out to Arlene. And, uh, and she was only waking up and couldn't work out why I was so excited. But it is. It's a good verse. Um, so I want to read Hosea 10 and verse 12. So Hosea 10 and verse 12 says this, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until He comes and showers righteousness on you. Let me read that for you again. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until He comes and showers righteousness on you. You know, I strongly believe that this is a verse for this church. It's also a very strange verse in the chapter because it doesn't actually fit with the rest of it. So, I kind of don't know what happened to Hosea there in the middle of his, of his prophecy about people having a really bad time, and then suddenly this, which is maybe why it stands out. But let's just look at it. Sow for yourselves righteousness. 
This is, this is a real opportunity for us, I think. To, it's a, like a call to review your life. It's a call to have a, a fresh look. It says, sow for yourself. Now, if you think, okay, sowing is where you put down things that you hope will grow, doesn't it? So it's before you sow your seed, it's worth asking yourself what's going to grow from what I'm putting down. Whatever age you happen to be, the, the, what you put in the ground, come, we know it's a biblical principle. You sow what you reap. You reap what you sow. You, you, well, you know what I mean. It's, it's late. Right, yes. No. You reap what you sow. So it's a time to think now, what is it that I am investing in now? And what do I genuinely think I'm going to get out of it? Because God is challenging us as a church, apart from, any, apart from individuals, as a church, that we should start to put things in the ground from which righteousness will grow. And that might mean that you need to review the seed that you're thinking about putting in the ground for your future. And it might be that we as a church have to review the seed that we're thinking about putting in the ground and thinking, will this, will this grow righteousness? Have we got unfinished business that we need to shed out so we have decent seeds? Do we have a lifestyle which is creating a bag of good seeds or not? As a church, do we, are we harboring attitudes? Do we have people to whom we need to go and apologize? Do we have wrongs that we as a church need to restore? Do we have a relationship with the town that we need to change? What are we paying into? Are we sowing righteousness? And reaping the fruit of unfailing love, which is the second part of this, is the same. It's about starting to walk in the promises of God. You probably notice that I'm a bit influenced by this by this morning. But there is something about the kingdom of God makes lots of promises. But the people of the kingdom of God, and I'm including myself here, quite often spend the whole day not walking in any of them. So we are told that we are overcomers. We're told that we're victors. We're told that the ground is already taken. We're told that we have nothing to fear. We're told... Um, really that God has already taken all the victory, that Jesus has taken our sins and He has carried them away in His body. But we still end up walking feeling a bit less than, a bit unworthy, a bit remembering the things that we've done, a bit hard to take a risk. But those are not the fruits of unfailing love. Unfailing love is something else. It's about stepping out in faith. Because remember, fruit is this thing. Fruit is something which is there to be plucked. It, it, it's not let's hope for next year. It's let's now. You know, don't, if you don't pick the fruit now, it falls to the ground and rots, and you've got to wait a whole other year to get, well, let's not miss it. Let's take it now.
Start walking in those promises. That God has already, through love, prepared people in our town to hear the gospel. Well, if we don't tell them, we've got to wait for the whole next season before we see any fruit. God has prepared in love all the ropes and pulleys to pull down the strongholds in your life, in my life, in the lives of people that we know. You know those people we've prayed for and we think, no chance. I mean, we keep taking them to God, but I mean, as if. God has already, has already rigged their strongholds to fall. Like Ian was saying, great testimony. God does His work. We just have to do ours. So break up your unplowed ground. And I suppose this was the bit that was challenging me. Because, you know, there's lots of really cliche things that you can do about this. Where, you know, so, oh, it's our hard attitudes. And I'm not disputing that we've all got hard points in our life. But this break up the unplowed ground. See, the thing about unplowed ground is nothing's happened to it. It's kind of just been left. Mark will tell you all about unplugged, right? But it's kind of left, isn't it? And it becomes and it gets a bit crusty and it does and whatever. The thing about it is it's, what plowing does is it changes it. And I believe the call is that breaking up our unplowed ground is about disrupting the spiritual patterns that we've got into in our lives. Well, we've, we've, we've got into patterns, so we know what we're good at. We kind of have closed our mind to any possibility that we might do something that we're not good at, or even that God might work a miracle, and lo and behold, we're gifted at it. That never happened, not too scared. Okay, I, I, we won't say that one again. Um, the possibility that there are areas of service that we need to get into that we say, well, I'm not that kind of person. It might be that there are people that we need to contact that we think, well, I can't relate to them. And again, as a church, we might have to look at, well, this is none of our business. Or indeed, running our church in ways that don't fit the Baptist pattern. Or indeed, possibly any pattern. But it, the, the point of it is, it's not necessarily hardness. You look at unplowed ground... It's not necessarily bad ground, is it? You know, it's not necessarily unfertile ground. It's just stayed unchanged for a long time. And maybe it's time to change it. <coughs> okay. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes. I've been very challenged about this. People who spend time with me will probably be getting bored with me going on about this. But I really feel that if we want to see breakthrough, we need to persevere. So we can't have a special prayer meeting for converting the whole of Bridge North and then go out and expect the whole of Bridge North to be converted. God can do that, but I don't believe it's his way. He is looking for us as a church to become a persevering church. Um, somebody sent me a, the, the life story of a guy called Brother Nash. And Brother Nash used to go out um, and pray in a basement before the evangelist came, and he wouldn't stop praying until he started to see the behavior outside change. So you persevere. He wouldn't go, Lord, change everybody. 
he would just keep going and keep going. And we need to be that kind of church. If we want God to do things in this church and do things in this town, then we need to pray and pray and pray and pray. If we want to see worship overflowing out of here, then we need to worship and worship and worship and worship. Do you know what I'm saying? If we want the gospel to go in, we need to speak it and speak it again and speak it again and speak it again. We need to persevere. It says, seek the Lord until he comes. So we keep going until it happens. That makes sense? Gene's on a promise, by the way, so um, it's going to happen, isn't it, Gene? Are you hearing me? No? Okay, I'm talking about you. I'll tell you later. Jean is on a promise that um, she ain't going to see glory until she sees the Lord break through in Bridge North. So, and I'm, I'm, well, that will happen, but it will happen because we keep going until it does happen. The worry for me is always this, and I worry about it for myself, is that if we don't, then we miss it. God will still do it. He'll just raise up another generation to do it. You know, his heart is for Bridge North. He's not going to let us get in the way of him reaching the lost. But what a shame. What a thing to miss out on. You know what I mean? It's a bit like the old flash mob. I mean, if you did it, I bet you're glad you did it. It was a laugh. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that. It's like if you go and do something, you think, I'm glad I did that. You know, if I didn't go along, it would still happen. But I'm glad I did. Because, and it's, that's what we have to be like. Because God will shower his righteousness in us. God will bless the work of our preparation. So we prepare, God will bless it. You know, we break up that ground, God will bless it. We plant that seed, God will bless it. What was Paul said? He said, well, we plant the seed, we water it, but it's God that makes it grow. Ian was sharing with us. He, he just speaks out in faithfulness. But somehow during the day, God took that man's heart and stirred it in a way that Ian couldn't. Though he has got a big shadow as Ian, but it's... Um, and and that's, that's the promise, is that we do a little, God's Lord. See, one of the things, this one trip, you know when Jesus talks about the old mustard seed? Do you know, do you know about if you have faith like a mustard seed and it'll grow? Okay, it really is that. It's like we do a little bit and God makes a lot of it. So God gives us the increase, but the increase of nothing is... You know what I mean? The increase of hesitation is prevarication. You know, the increase of delay is lateness. The, the, we have to think about what we are sowing. I know we've come full circle here because if God is going to give the increase, what is it that we want God to increase? If it's boldness, a little bit of boldness, God makes it big. If it's the gospel, a little bit of gospel, God makes it big. If it's speaking out on behalf of people who are not being properly looked after, a little bit of speaking out, God creates a big ministry. You know, that's how it works. That's what he does. I really think we're in a season now 
where we have to look at these things. We have to look at them as individuals, but also as a church. And I think we, we, we've kind of got through, I don't mean this in a negative way, but we say we've entered a season where there's an expectancy. And let's be honest, there is an expectancy in our church and we've entered a season. Well, we're now getting to the stage where we have to do something with that. You know, it's one thing being expected. Now is the time to start seriously thinking, as a church as well as as individuals, okay, what are we going to invest in that? What are we going to sow in that? Where are we going to go with this? And that God's promise is that He will shower righteousness on us. And if He showers it on us, He'll shower it on the whole town. I stood out there this morning, this afternoon, and I saw a town ripe for picking. Do you know what I mean? Christmas was more hassle than it was worth for about 95% of the people that went past. And we gave them a little bit of sunshine. I mean, frankly, you could see the relief on people's faces that there was a bit of truth floating about. There was a bit of joy. You know, there was some people having a good time. You know, it was, it was palpable at times. And it was exciting. Well, that's God doing His work. So we need to sow into that. So I know that's a bit challenging, but I've been quite excited about it. And that's all really I wanted to share. Thank you.